Hi, uh, this is Kevin Williams. You know, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. You know, I lived in Lo on Long Island, New York until the ninth grade. And then I moved to White Plains, New York, where I actually finished high school. You know, I come from a good family, although my mother and father divorced when I was young. My dad actually raised all five of us. You know, he did his best. We actually had uh, living nannies. And not that we were rich or anything. We were actually lived in a middle-class Long Island family. It just happened that, you know, what else would he do? You know, when you have five kids and no mom, you have to have somebody come over to kind of take care of you. You know, we had multiple nannies coming. We had, you know, cousin, a cousin who came, didn't last long. We had a, my godmother came, uh, Mrs. Dunn. And then we also had uh, this, this young gal, Beverly. She had actually just finished skiing and she had broken her leg and she hated mice. So one day my brother took one of his mice and put it in her, in her typewriter that she was, had in her car. And when she saw it, she took off down the street. And uh, I don't think we, we ever saw her again. We also had, um, you know, uh, two ladies who actually lived with our, in our house for years. One was Frances, and, and she had a daughter, Rachel. She was actually from England. And then we had one uh, from Japan. Her name was Kyoko Kanai. My grandmother was the one who always seemed to find uh, these, you know, wonderful ladies. Now, Frances was a challenge. She, you know, was beat, beat on us periodically. Uh, we probably deserved it. But uh, Kyoko was like this special person. Um, she was actually a great volleyball player. But, uh, you know, when we were young, she was kind. Um, I remember I never have any negative um, thoughts about Kyoko Kanai. She taught me how to sing Silent Night in Japanese when I was very young. And she also taught me how to, you know, count to 10, which I can still do today. Um, you know, I attended church uh, until I was uh, in the eighth grade, and then I stopped. I was lucky uh, to graduate from high school. I really didn't study much. I think when my mother left, I think that was a lot harder on me than I ever thought. I probably need, was one of those ones who needed that, you know, loving, nurturing attention. And when you have uh, nannies who are really concerned just about feeding you, taking care of your, you know, doing, uh, washing your clothes, cleaning the house, uh, just a lot of other things, I probably uh, needed that as a child. But I was lucky to actually graduate from high school. You know, I worked really hard and I got it done and I graduated on time. You know, at the end of my senior year in high school, uh, I lived with a family actually in McCammon, Idaho. It was a small little town, actually not about 30 minutes from Pocatello, if I recall properly. And I learned about Christ again. You know, I came home that, that summer a completely changed person. Only a couple years later, in the early 80s, I actually served a mission in Argentina for 18 months. It was actually during the Falkland Island conflict. I was there. I remember when it happened, and I was in a small town, and I had just got my hair cut. 
this lady had shaved my head almost. Um, and so I was pulled into the police station because they thought maybe I was a military person. I was not very happy because of the fact that I was just there probably a couple weeks earlier checking in because anybody new uh, into that town had to check in at the police station. And so I, I probably should have been a little bit calmer and a little bit more polite given the circumstances. Um, you know, when I came home after my mission uh, from Argentina, I went to college. And actually, at college, I met my wife, uh, Keely. Actually, uh, the story about that is Keely was visiting her sister. She wasn't really going to college. Her sister was younger than her. Um, so she decided to come that weekend. And it just happened that I was speaking in church that weekend. And when Keely saw me and how I spoke, she thought, wow, I got to meet that guy. So like all women, of course, they, uh, she actually went to the college. Uh, there's a, you know, on college back then you had microfilm or microfiche. And she looked up my schedule and she just made, made sure she happened to be in the right time at the right place when I went on the bus or out of classes. So we kind of got to meet each other. And the rest is history. Uh, we actually have been married now for 37 years coming up this week. My wife actually is a pancreatic cancer survivor. She, um, you know, she hates that word survivor. So warrior, I guess, is a better term that she loves to use. You know, it has uh, been five years since her last chemo treatment. So uh, we considered her lucky and I'm so fortunate. She is my guardian angel. Now I've got many flaws, uh, but my wife has the ability to overlook all my flaws and just see my strengths. So our marriage has lasted this long because of a wonderful, beautiful, and um, loving woman um, who I, I, I adore. Several years ago, I started on Twitter for politics. You know, through hard work, determination, and thousands of tweets, I gained over 150,000 followers. Then at one time, I decided to give it all up. There were so many people tweeting on politics that things got, you know, really negative. So I decided that it was time to post inspirational and motivational content the best I could. You know, it's honestly getting so much harder to find motivational um, information. I mean, it's just for some reason, there's less and less of it around or there's less of less, less of it being shared out there. And so it's a little bit more challenging. Uh, so one day, I think he had mentioned this on his uh, clip, is I decided to begin a group which only would post positive content. And it just happened, I had sent out a tweet and said, hey, look, I'm looking to create a, um, a Twitter group uh, called, you know, to post co positive content. And there were hundreds that had responded. And when we got into this group, um, it was overwhelming. And the reason it was overwhelming is I was kind of expecting that people already knew how to post information like, you know, cut clip videos or find information and know how to post it, but many people didn't. 
So I spent time sharing how I could cut a video or copy it or whatever it could be to uh, train them how to post content. And after a while, there were just so many people with so many needs and I had a full-time job that I just couldn't um, do it all. So we disbanded the group, but I kept in touch with Kia and several others. So Kia and I have known each other, probably it's been a couple years since then. And uh, Kia is like this special individual. You know, I, I really didn't know as much about Kia until recently. I was actually uh, out there looking him up. He's got a interesting last name. Of course, he's from Iran. And I'd read a story that his daughter had posted, I think from, you know, she had written about him at school and it talked about him leaving Iran during the Iran revolution and had how his dad was in jail and how he had left and bribed, I think, the guard and they were left to Paris. And then they ended up uh, living with an aunt in, in, uh, in Arizona. And that's where he kind of learned to play soccer, although he had dreamed about soccer. And then I learned more and more about Kia. And it just became, you know, one of those things where I draw myself, I'm drawn to people who actually are, you know, positive and can be inspiring to me. And that's it, is I'm sometimes looking for that inspiration myself. I'm trying to be drawn to people who can inspire me to be a better person because that's something that I need myself and I strive to try to do better. And so after I had learned about Kia's story, I often think about my, my network of people that I know. And I had met Dell a couple of years ago. There's a podcast that I was part of called Brink of Greatness. And we were just starting out and it was sharing stories about people making a difference in the world. And, and Dell had shared with me, or I had read about a story he had posted about John Evans. And John had gotten into drugs when he was young. Uh, he ended up going to jail, actually not for drugs, but for another reason. But while he was in jail, there was a letter that was intercepted uh, by his wife about, you know, a letter to Santa Claus and his daughter talked about how she wanted her dad home for Christmas. And that kind of changed John Evans' life. And John is like that type of person who had difficult things happen in his life and he decided to make a change. So while he was in like jail, he's taking all the possible courses that they would give whether it was apprenticeships or education or whatever it may be. And now out of jail, John actually helps other addicts overcome their addiction. He has something called Facebook, a Facebook Live kind of uh, group. And I think it's a raw addiction from the side of the recoverer or the addict. He has both. One his wife does and one, I think one, I believe his wife does and the other one that he does. And he's been doing it for years. So that's kind of, I think, how I met Dell. So recently I took Kia's story and I thought, you know, Kia, you should be a public speaker. You should be sharing your story. Your story is unbelievable. It is inspiring. And the fact that I then I put Dell and Kia together, 
And Dell was able to, Ikea was able to share his story with Dell. And then Dell was actually wrote his story and posted it out there on a blog. So, you know, here I have a writer who is writing not only about, you know, it's roughly inspirational stories about athletes and, and many others. And that, and I think that's what attracts me to people. When a lot of times you have weaknesses within yourself and those weaknesses you are trying to strengthen. So you, myself, like as a listener or as a reader, is, are, I'm always looking for those things that are going to inspire me to change, uh, to become a better person. And so all of a sudden, the three of us kind of got together recently for the first time. I mean, here I am. I knew Dell for a couple of years. I knew Kia for a couple of years. But the three of us together hadn't known each other. And then Kia is like this visionary. <laughs> Kia has things going on and, and ideas and thoughts and marketing and everything. He's out there in front. And he thought, you know, we should have a podcast called Positivity Plus. And Kia is so into, you know, getting things done. He had already had reached out, got a, a logo done before you could even blink. And, and I think here Dell and I are like, okay, uh, what's going on here? I mean, this guy's like out in front thinking in the future. and We're just like thinking in the present. So here we are with Positivity Plus, and the question is, what do we do about it? Like, what is our audience? What do we want to get out of this? And so I always think of, you know, it's really inspiring some others to, you know, kind of make a difference in the world, to give them an idea that there's something that they can do to help another person. Now, it doesn't have to be the grand gestures that we normally see some do. Like we know, and maybe many of you know, uh, Gretchen Smith from Coda Betts. Her whole, the beginning of her whole movement to help veterans with anything, with rent and food and clothing, was all driven out from Twitter. And she's created a movement to help others. Now, as much as I would love to do and have a movement like that. If you're like me, we, you know, we just maybe don't have the time or maybe we just don't feel like we have that, um, that it, whatever it may be, but we can do something small to help a fellow, a human being help another. I mean, it could be seeing somebody in the line at a grocery store and paying for their groceries. It could be me, like sometimes what will happen is I go to <laughs> get my gas and sometimes I go inside and I give a lottery, I buy a lottery ticket, you know, hoping for the big one, which of course will never come. And the guy gives me the change and I end up giving the, you know, a couple bucks to the guy at the cash register and say, you know, why don't you, you know, buy a lunch on me? And just the smile on his face, you know, makes a difference. I, um, uh, you know, I had met, learned about this organization called Sleep in Heavenly Peace. 
this organization helps build beds for needy kids. I'd actually met, um, you know, Luke Mickelson, who was the founder uh, as part of the podcast I was doing called Brink of Greatness. And as soon as I was done, we were finished with that interview, I decided that I needed to look locally to see if there was a chapter close by. And there happened to be one about 30 minutes away, 20 to 30 minutes. So I immediately uh, the next day called the chapter president, Sarge Sweeney. We just call him Sarge. I found out about the organization and what they were doing, and my wife and I joined. And we've been helping build beds for needy kids for the last, it's been over a year, maybe a year and a half. So those are things that we can do. It, I mean, all I do, my wife, what I do is I drill drills, drill holes in part of the two by fours uh, so the beds can be put together. My wife sands, other people cut, some people stain, some people build the headboards. So everyone can take a little piece, a little part to make a big difference for these kids who have been sleeping on the floor that now they have a bed to sleep in. So when I think of, you know, Positivity Plus, I'm thinking of stories that will share humanity, little things that we can do, big things that we can do. We can share together those, those just goodness. So that's what, to me, Positivity Plus is all about. Although, you know, I think Dell will be the one, the, the voice of Positivity Plus. He's just has that, you know, golden heart. Uh, he cares for others. He has lots of individual, like lots of contacts. He's an author. Kia is like this visionary. And oftentimes I, you know, I look at myself and say, okay, what can I provide to these wonderful men? And a lot of times it's me searching out, finding these great stories, um, you know, about Luke Mickelson and Sleep in Heavenly Peace about Rodney, as you know, who's cuts grass, you know, cuts, uh, mows lawns for, uh, you know, veterans and widows and has this huge organization across the country. I think we can find those stories that can inspire you as the listener to go out and do something small that will make a big difference to another person's life. So to me, that's what Positivity Puss is all about.